and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports. Yeah. And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio and Internet history. Let's get him. Let's get him hard. Pedro Fernandez. Better grab me quick before my knees give way. Dramas y caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen, emanating, coming at you from the multi-million dollar sports byline studios, live on Twitch.tv, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. 35, no, make that 37 plus years now of being often imitated but never duplicated. My name is Pedro Fernandez. Welcome to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, you're inside looking the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, we've got it both happening tonight, both boxing and the UFC. Of course, the fight of the year, 2020, not a big year in boxing, but this is the fight. I'm talking about Teofimo Lopez. 15 is it. Kid out of Brooklyn, New York. Of course, originally out of Honduras. 15-0, 12 knockouts. Taking on Vasily Lomachenko. 14-1, 9 wax. Of course, the guy that makes everybody quit. Can you make Teofimo quit? Can you take that O from Teofimo? We'll find out tonight. We'll hear from both guys, actually, on Ring Talk Live Worldwide today. But that fight will be on at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. We have live phone lines all around the planet. 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. Of course, we also got the... The guilt-free, no-commitment text line, that number, 415-275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. So we'll hear, of course, from Teofimo Lopez and the man himself, Vasil Lomachenko, of course, the world lightweight champion, considered the best fighter to come out of the pond in a long, long time. Well, we'll see you tonight. We'll hear from both guys and Socrates Palmer, boxing's PhD, after the break. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live worldwide. Frampton comes alive! Coming back with some East Bay Soul. Of course, you can check them out at eastbaysoul.com. Greg Adams, the band leader there, one of the original founding members of the mighty Tower of Power. Guess what? Harold Smith. Harold Smith, born Ross Fields in 1943, passed away in January of 2020. Now, why do I bring this up? Harold Smith made boxing history when he promoted a Saturday afternoon card, August 2nd, 1980. ABC's Wide World of Sports televised a card from Cincinnati, Ohio, where the Hawk, Aaron Pryor, would defeat Antonio Cervantes for the World 140-pound championship. Guess what? The genius of Harold Smith will never, ever be equal. What am I trying to say? He used ABC to promote a pay-per-view card later in the night. In an unprecedented move, Smith who was college-educated and a master bridge player, had ABC promote the Tommy hearns Pepino Cuevas fight on 1980 pay-per-view five hours later and in Detroit, Michigan. So Smith, Lennon, and Pryor, <clears throat> and a couple of girls got on a plane, of course, and flew to Detroit for Tommy Hearns and Pepino Cuevas for the WB 147-pound title. Of course, this is where fans came in wasn't pay-per-view back then. It was closed-circuit TV. In other words, we'd pack ourselves in the gyms and theaters and things like that to watch the fight on the big screen. Well, you know, Harold had his problems, one of which... <clears throat> 
he withdrew $21 million from Wells Fargo Bank. Guess what? The $21 million wasn't his. So Wells Fargo was slightly perturbed. Smith was signing everybody to contracts, like Larry Holmes giving him $2 million. Larry couldn't take it because he was signed with Don King. So the FBI would later say that the money came from Wells Fargo Bank. As I said, I reported $21 million was illegally withdrawn, and Harold Smith, a.k.a. Ross Fields, would end up doing some time. He was a Svengali of epic proportions. And that's not a knock on the man. It was just that Harold could convince anybody of anything. I'm not kidding you. Like I said, Harold would be missed by some, but not by others. He marched with Martin Luther King and Bernie Sanders. I kid you not. In a photo live on the Internet, and check it out on my Facebook page, Harold was carrying the flag behind Martin Luther King, marching behind Martin Luther King along with Senator Bernie Sanders, also in the same picture. The other photo on the Facebook page is of Larry Holmes, the former world heavyweight champion, myself, and Harold Smith, a.k.a. Ross Fields in Biloxi, Mississippi, circa 2001. The family kept it a secret for 10 months. One thing you will learn with men of unbridled and an effective confidence you never know which way the wind is blowing. The mysterious and, again, incredibly intelligent man born Ross Fields on April 22, 1943, he was clearly a man of intrigue. So we take it from the West Coast to the East Coast and bring in, of course, the Bronx Bomber. I'm talking about Socrates Palmer, boxing's only PhD. What's up, Socrates? Fight day. Oh, yeah. How's it going, Pedro? It's going just fine, man. It's going, it's going fine for me. I told you I just talked about Harold Smith and... You know, I've got a lot of negative things I can say about Harold, but a lot of positives as well. And, you know, I made some money with him. He burned me out of some money. But, you know, he made me, uh, he, he's the one that gave me the shots with Ali. So if I hadn't had the shots with Ali, I think my life would be a little bit different. No, I, I was, you know, when I was uh, standing on deck waiting for my turn, I it was a, it was a history lesson. I, I really enjoyed that information on Mr. Smith. I, I heard of his name in passing, but I really, you know, never knew much about him, so I appreciate uh, those jewels that you dropped on us. The gangster of gangsters, I kid you not. I mean, one time he threw a fixed fight in uh, in Macau, and what I mean by a fixed fight is they had a, a Chinese kung fu guy, kung fu guy, big Bruce Lee type of guy, he had a little gut on him. Anyway, they put me in charge of his training. It wasn't, wasn't too funny. They put me in charge of this guy's training. So anyway, I'm supposed to take him to dinner and breakfast and lunch. Not supposed to eat all three times. But anyway, bottom line, I'm supposed to take care of his food. I'm supposed to make sure he goes to the gym. His name was Joe something. Anyway, American name. So we, so I get him to the gym for one day and I get him to breakfast the next morning and he, and he puts 42 slices of, of bacon on his plate. 42 slices wow. of bacon. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm not going to let this happen. So I want to grab the plate from him. Anyway, it was like a big fight with his black belt and kung fu and the whole nine yards. So they put him in a fight, and he's supposed to be like the king of all China, like the Bruce Lee, the Michael Jordan, the Muhammad Ali, you name it. You put them all together, and it's this guy, Joe. So anyway, Joe can't fight a lick. He couldn't lick a stamp if you wet his tongue. So they put him in this fight with a retired wrestler who had lost 150 pounds. This guy had breasts down to his his knees because he had never had the surgery. He just had he was like a 450 pound fat man who lost all his weight and he didn't have the surgery, so he had breasts down to his knees. He had to wear a shirt. So anyway, he takes the most obvious wrestling bounce bump in the entire world from a punch this guy Joe threw, and the punch didn't land, and he lays on the canvas and he doesn't move. Okay. And a riot did he, did breaks he know? out. 
and a riot, no, no, and a riot breaks out, okay, and the Chinese, and a riot breaks out. So I'm in charge, I'm doing the TV, and I've got these ring card girls, I'm taking care of the girls, anyway, cause a couple of them from the United States, a couple of models from the U.S. want to make sure they don't get hurt. So anyway, I'm trying to figure things out. So I grabbed the microphone, cause I've been able to quell riots in the past, as they're ringing out, say, so didn't work this way, this time, because I didn't speak Chinese, neither Mandarin or Cantonese. So anyway, bottom line is, they started throwing stuff, we had to get out of there, the cops grabbed Harold Smith a couple hours later, and they held him, uh, for a few hours, of course, over the fixed fight. He would end up escaping. Uh, we would all end up escaping. The fight wasn't, the fight card wasn't concluded. I remember going to Hong Kong the next day, and typical Harold Smith, guess what we were doing in Hong Kong, Sock? I'm afraid to ask. Go ahead. Counting stacks doing? of cash. Ah. Big stacks of cash. I mean, that's where Harold was. He'd leave me in a room, he'd leave me in a room with like $325,000. He'd tell me to count it. Wow. Like in twenty sometimes. I remember one time. One, I remember one time I counted money for twelve hours. Twelve hours straight. Twelve hours straight to count money. Of course, I had my little cannabis breaks in between there, but for the most part, I was counting money. Okay, and it got a little crazy. But that's you know that's when you work with a hustler, you hustle. Right. That's that's the best <laughs> yeah. thing. I, that's the when in Rome, do as the Romans do. I didn't break any laws. Um, do I think I did everything that it was like, uh, really, no, no, I didn't think I ever did everything right. Cause here's what's up. This is what I learned. Life is, life is not fair and neither is business. And you've either got to go out there and prevail in business or you're going to get your tail handed to you. And when I had to deal with these Chinese counterparts regarding pay-per-view and this and I told you they sent me into that room, sock. They said, Harold Smith sent me in the room. He said, if you come out with less than four cents, if you come out with less than four cents a home, I'm going to kick your ba ba ba. No, he was, he was, he didn't mean to mean it, but that's what he said. Don't come out with less than four cents, okay? The Chinese beat me down. Guess what they beat me down to, Sock? What they beat you down to? A penny. They beat me wow. down to a penny. And you know what the Chinese man told me? Cause it was going to be, the penny was going to, was end up being like, I think $1.8 million. Penny, okay. So I remember the Chinese guy said to me, he said, "He goes, Mr. Fernandez. He goes, do not let a little money stand in the way of big money. There's no way you can ever make 1.8 million dollars ever again." And he he had it, so I took the one point. I took the penny and I went out there. And if you just seen a look on Harold's face when I told him we only got a penny, he was like, he Harold Harold was an African American, but Harold looked awfully Irish at that point in time, very pale. <laughs> He couldn't believe it. He goes, you go. I said, no, man, it was either one, this is what they told me. They said, you either take the cent or you, do, or we're, or we're leaving. And, and bottom line was they told me I gotta come out of the room with a deal. Some kind of deal. I'm gonna come like, right? So that's what I came out with a penny. I wasn't all proud of that deal, but it did make one, it did make them 1.8 million bucks and put a, put a few duck into my pocket as well. Never, never stand, never let a little bit of money Stand in the way of making big money, Mr. Fernandez. Let me say it. Yeah, I think so, <laughs> Mr. Fernandez. Let me say it again. No, let me say, never let little money stand in the way of big money. You understand? And then I had to think about that. And he's right, you know. So because here's what's up. I mean, if we don't get any money, I'm not. I'm. I'm screwed. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they sent me in there to do this deal. If I don't get any money, we're like done. I mean, so I've got to come out of there with something, and that's all they were offering. So you got to take what you can. Anyway, bottom line is this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. We're supposed to be talking boxing, of course, here right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. We're going to take an early break here on Ring Talk Live Worldwide, and we'll come back with Teofimo Lopez, of course, and of course Vasil Lomachenko, and of course we'll continue with Socrates Palmer, boxing's true PhD. Open phone lines around the planet. You want to talk about the big fight? 
You can. 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. And of course, this is the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio Channel 211, and like a thousand other internet platforms. The executive producer, the one, the only, the grump, Scott Cuddy. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. More of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Um, thank y'all for tuning in. All the fans around the world, we love y'all. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live. Well, I check it. You knew that. You're inside looking to the world of boxing. And Mixed Martial Arts, 37 years now of knocking out all bums. I'm on the line with my PhD. Of course, boxing's only PhD. Talk about Socrates Palmer come to us from, of course, the Bronx. Now, the kid from Brooklyn, New York. Of course, originally his people are from Honduras. But Teofimo Lopez, 15 is zip now, 12 KOs, of course. Taking on the world lightweight champion tonight, the Sil Lomachenko. What he ran like as an amateur, I think he lost like one fight and he avenged that loss reportedly. Bottom line is he's a monster at 135 pounds. But he's shown some flaws in that fight against Jorge Linares, of course, when he went down once. Of course, one quick right hand and people say the kid's flaw. Bottom line is the Sil Lomachenko and Teofimo Lopez, well, it almost didn't happen. Cases continue to rise. Hundreds are now dying. New York already feeling it, with more than 1,500 now dead across the state. When the New York area got really hard hit, you made a decision where you'd have to go to train. Where? Why? I've been having asthma since I was six years old. I almost died three times because of it. I was either 10 or 11 years old, and I caught an asthma attack. Really bad, really severe, to the point where I had to go to an ICU for that whole week and they told my parents my oxygen level was too low. They said if I didn't bring it up that I was gonna pass away. You do rush out of Brooklyn. Where do you go? We decided to head over to Arkansas, Jonesboro, Arkansas. My wife's family, they lived there during that time and they still are living there. We thought it was just gonna be like maybe a month, you know? You leave basically a modern day plague in Brooklyn. You go to Arkansas, what happens there? Um, a tornado came at us, man. Oh my gosh, what are we even doing? Severe storms across the central U.S. producing this destructive tornado. Jonesboro, Arkansas, taking a direct hit. Oh, Jesus. It was crazy. You could see it just coming straight to us. The whole house shook. We hid in this one area that everybody could be in. We put like a little mattress over us and just try to hold for dear life. How scared were you? I wasn't really scared. I was more in, in fear for my wife, your people. You know, you're trying to protect those that you love. This is up the block. Literally. Literally. Look at that. How do you like that Lopez? It's hard to say that he's not ready. And he puts on a performance like that. I say bring all the silly Lomachenko. The history of boxing is the big guy beats up the little guy. The young guy beats up the old guy. Does it upset you that you're the underdog here? Hell no, I love it. I love when I'm the underdog, I love it. I'm an underground king and I haven't been crowned. Do you feel that he's judged you? 
Yeah, of course. You, you, you hear it. He's always saying, who am I? Who is this young cat? A lot of people talking about Tay to a female. Tay female. What Tay female? Like, I've been in the game for a long time, and I know this, and I know that, and you don't have the IQ that I do, and I'm a god, whatever it is, and I'm just some probably some peasant to him. Look at this offensive attack by Lomachenko! Where is he strong? What does he do best? It's not about what he does best, it's what he doesn't do best. He don't know how to fight backwards. It's all an illusion with Lomachenko. People don't realize that. Everything everybody always talks about is the footwork and all that stuff, man. It's nice, don't get me wrong. Do what you gotta do. That's part of it, you know, but he's trying too hard. But you guys already fall for, for the illusion. What kind of fight do you expect? How technical, how much of a war? I'm ready for everything. I'm ready for the technical part. I'm ready for the footwork part. I'm ready for the war part. This fight is not going the distance. I don't see it passing six. It ain't gonna end pretty, that's what I say. For him. Tia Fimo Lopez, 15 is it, 12 KOs, of course, the current IBF title holder, taking on the world champion, Vasil Lomachenko, 14 and 1, of course, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time tonight, live on ESPN and ESPN Plus, and I keep telling you, if you don't have ESPN Plus, and you know I never hawk for networks, unless you're giving me money, no, I'm just kidding, but I never hawk for networks, this is the thing I need, think you need to buy, you need to get the ESPN Plus app, you watch all of their fights, go into their archives, they've got MMA, they've got boxing, the whole, whole nine yards, bottom line is, for like $5.99, for the people that bought it earlier, $9.99 for current customers, it's a good deal. I'm talking about ESPN+. Plus. Now, Teofimo Lopez, Vasil Lomachenko, it's all on the line tonight. Tell me, boxing's only PhD, Socrates Palmer, how does this fight go? Well, uh, I, I posted earlier in the week that this is kind of like Christmas for, for boxing fans, and uh, I'm just hoping that we don't get coal in our stocking. And the way... It, just looking at the tail of the tape and, and the hype leading into this fight, I can't see it not living up to the hype. Um, you have, in one side, the guy that's probably in the top two or three best fighters of the last 50 years, in this other Lomachenko. And then you have a guy who, personality-wise, seems like the total opposite. The guy that's a throwback, uh, brash, machismo, almost, I don't, I don't want to sounds sacrilegious but almost reminds you of Roberto Duran in his prime that disdain for his opponent um, just bravado beyond his years he's 23 years old and he, he just won his world title he could have easily made some money fighting you know the, the mandatories the, the easy bottom half of the top 10 and probably rocked with his belt for about a year or two without this fight ever taking place and catching Lomachenko when he's 34, you know, or something like that, when he's a little bit even more vulnerable. But no, he's going straight for the gusto, and it's very commendable. Win, lose, or draw, you know. Uh, top rank uh, and split team management must have a lot of faith in this guy to put him in such an early, uh, so early in his career against the best in the world, in my opinion. So the way I see this fight playing out, Teofimo Lopez has to be the aggressor. It's, it's, people think it's, to sound cliche, it's like the classic, uh, bull and matador. He's gotta take a page out of Orlando Salido's playbook, rough him up, foul him a little bit, show him that he is the bigger man, bang him wherever you can, you know, and try to get Lomachenko to maybe get angry, lose his cool, 
try to get in a slugfest because I believe this fight is personal. You know, there's been a lot of trash talking and Lomachenko is the type of guy that I think he, he needs that competition to raise his game up even higher. And at the end of the day, what can Lopez do that Lomachenko hasn't seen? You know, um, but I think Lopez has to come out, get his respect early. And I think after the sixth, seventh round, we're going to find out if Lopez is the real deal. Because I believe early on, the nerves, he, he may shoot his load early. You know, kind of like uh, Fernando Vargas did against Oscar. That fight was too personal. And then he didn't have anything left in the gas tank and got stopped. So I think Teo has to fight an aggressive but smart style. I picked Lopez at the beginning of the year when this fight was first rumored to happen, and I'm not going to be a weather vane. I'm going to stick with Lopez, late stoppage. You know, when you fight great fighters, when I fought guys who were better than me, I had to get an advantage of something. I used to step on guys' feet a lot. I used to hit them in the arms, clip them in the elbows. I would throw a forearm if I could. I mean, I would just do things that were... Not kosher, but they really weren't cheating per se, because I had to do it to offset the talent disadvantage I was at. Okay, and I think that 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 Tiafimo Lopez has got a bit of uh, a disadvantage as far as his his height and his size and this and that. I think that the Vasilomachenko is a long rangey guy, and the fact that he he bangs people and he busts them up and he makes them quit. Now I'm not trying to say can make Lopez quit, but he has a track record of that. He does, but I think I think it's might be more mental. He frustrates guys. And Lomachenko is as, as, as brilliant of a boxer as he is. He's a guy that likes to fight. He mixes it up. He throws both hands. He's got great footwork. Um, but remember, Lomachenko is a guy that's come, that started his career at junior featherweight. You know, technically, is he quote unquote a real lightweight? You know, um, although he's beaten bigger fighters, uh, throughout his career, obviously. Um, Pedraza was a big lightweight, and he handled him pretty well. Linares, who's a natural lightweight, handled him pretty well. But he's shown, he has shown vulnerability lately, you know. And in boxing, the, the, it just takes one shot. Now, is Lopez going to catch Lomachenko the way he caught Comey in an exchange? And No, it was not a lucky punch. It's just that his shot got there faster than Comey's. I was there ringside. It was a beautiful right hand. I don't see that type of knockout. I think if he does stop, Lomachenko is going to be grinding him down. You know. Now, the one thing I didn't like from what I've seen in the videos, a lot of weightlifting. And sometimes those muscles get heavy. You know. So I hope that's not a detriment to him down the road. Um, it's a lot of wear and tear of the joints. So you don't really need big muscles in boxing. You know that, Pedro. Um, it's, it's a great fight. I mean, you can analyze this until the cows come home. Um, like I said, I'm sticking with Lopez, but he has to keep his emotions under wrap. You know, um, have, have they announced who's the referee? Because that's going to be a big thing, also. Uh, I will I'm, look that. I will look that up as we talk. I hope it's not Kenny Bayless. It, you probably Kenny Bayless. It probably oh. is, it probably is going to be Kenny Bayless because it's going to be in Las oh, Vegas, I, of course. You know, I, I knew Kenny Bayless and his brother. His brother was named. Uh, I had like had some weird name, but he lived up here in in Emeryville, California. And I always used to see him at at uh, Yoshi's. They had they had free tickets to Yoshi's. I would see him up here, so we'd come up here and do all the big shows. But the bottom line is, people don't like him as a, people do not like him as a um, a referee. A lot of people don't like him. You know, um, he's a nice guy. I've met him, you know. But I think I think he's I think he's just past his prime. You know, I mean, he's you know he's had his a run. 
I mean, very few refs have that Arthur McCanny like run. You know what I mean? Um, I would say probably the, the I would like to see uh, um, this gentleman. Um, oh boy, I, I'm lost for words. He does yeah. MMA also as a judge, a light skinned yeah. stocky guy with yeah. the mustache in Vegas. Well, the bottom line uh, is, at the end of the night, I uh, think uh, we'll, yeah. we'll be entertained. The bottom line yes. is this will be an entertaining fight. The, the the intrigue is there. I think people will be watching. ESPN, ESPN Plus, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Bottom line is, Mr. Socrates Palmer, I thank you for your time. Say hello to your family. Tell your agent to check is in the mail. Oh, and I, oh, and oh, oh, oh. Go ahead. Uh, real quick, I, I, I almost forgot. Rest in peace, Ricardo Jimenez. Oh, that's right. Oh, man. One of right. the, I mean, anyone that ever worked with him or, or just, he was a joy. You know, I was really saddened. I And... I hope that um, his family is able to recover. But running up on a, a, running up on a hard break, running up on a hard break. We thank him. We miss him. Boxing's number one publicist. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. With Pedro Fernandez. 146 for Chancellor Joe. Hold fire there, everybody. We're waiting on some more fighters to arrive. 146 for Brian Ortega. Those are the far weights, of course, for tonight's UFC card live on ESPN Plus. We're talking about Brian Ortega, the Mexican American lad, of course, from LA. Beautiful kid. I mean, if ever there was a kid that was made to be a model, it was him, not be a fighter. But he decided to be a fighter. And of course, he had that fight with. Max Holloway it was almost two years ago now, of course, almost two years come to uh, December. Uh, the bottom line is he got lit up like a White House Christmas tree. He was abused. He was abused to the point where I don't think he'll ever recover. And, of course, tonight he's taking on the Korean zombie. The Korean zombie comes comes in at 16-5. and five. He's been knocked out three times, lost two decisions, of course. And the once-beaten Brian Ortega lost that one fight to the aforementioned Max Holloway, of course, 18-1. and one. Of course, one draw, one no contest. At the end of the day, Brian Ortega is a 2-1 to one underdog here. And, of course, two years ago, he was considered the heir apparent to greatness. I mean, when I looked at him, I said to myself, this is a kid that's got it all. He's got the looks. He can speak both languages. He's articulate. He's smart. He's almost college-educated. I mean, this kid's going to be the guy that's going to take mixed martial arts to the next level and expose it to the masses, much like Ronda Rousey did with the women, exposing women to mixed martial arts. Well, it didn't happen that way, and it didn't happen that way because of the fact that the USC is all into these death matches. When I say death matches, I mean fights that, that, that when guys are beat, they just let them go. And once a guy gets beat, there's no sense in letting the guy get beat on. This is not the Flintstones where we're beating people with bats. It's not a cartoon either. It's real life. And the residual effects from combat sports are not pretty. I kid you not. I see guys all the time from boxing. And boxing, of course, it, par- it pales in comparison to the football injuries I see regarding concussions. In football, I see a lot of guys that I went to high school with, and I wonder why they're a little off. I remember interviewing Mark Gasnow from the New York Jets when he was a professional boxer. He wanted to fight George Foreman. I remember interviewing him at the point we were in Reno, Nevada. I had to step on his foot to get his attention. I had to step on his foot. He, he uh, Hey, more with Mark Gasnow, former member of the SAC Exchange, and he's looking at the camera. I had to step on his foot to get Anyway, what I'm trying to tell you is concussions aren't pretty. 
one, two concussions, sometimes three concussions, you know, they add up. Some people don't like to report concussions because if you tell the boss or you tell your trainer or you tell your management team, guess what? I think I've got a concussion, right? They'll pull you out of training. They're supposed to pull you out for like three months, sometimes six months. So nobody wants to do the, the, the financial risk of having to pull a fight in the middle of training camp, especially these guys in the UFC because of the fact that they pay for their own training camps. Their training camps aren't paid for. In other words, they have to come out the pocket in order to get the money from the UFC, of course, and then they get $40,000, maybe. Maybe they'll get 40000 bucks. Think about that. Brendan Schaub, buddy of mine, of course, former uh, UFC fighter and now a stand-up comedian, but he was getting forty grand to fight. Forty grand a fight, not a big thing, right? Just forty grand a fight. But he make a hundred thousand dollars on his uniform. Now there's the advertisement on his uniform. Then he's have like La Taqueria or something like that, or or Freddie's bail bonds on the back of his you know, on his trunks or something like that. And that was worth almost a hundred grand to him. And then the UFC stepped in and said, No, 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 no. We don't like you guys getting any money. We're gonna make you wear Reebok. And Reebok's gonna give us maybe a couple of thousand dollars. So Brendan Schaub was told he's gonna go from making like almost a hundred thousand dollars or sixty thousand dollars in endorsements to making four thousand bucks. He didn't want to do it. He retired. Brian Ortega thrown in over his head uh, as far as the the uh, Max Ortega, Max Holloway fight is concerned. No, it was an even fight going in. I thought they were both on about the same level. Of course, Max is a bit of a veteran, but Max has got that experience. Brian was had the youth, and of course, he's got all these different skills. So I thought it was gonna be a great fight, and it was. Until the fight went the other way. And once the fight goes the other way, the fight's over with. That's why I used to sit there when I worked those silver gloves and the golden gloves and worked those little amateur fights with my guys. People say to me, why do you always have a towel? I always had the towel to throw it in in case something happened. Because sometimes referees don't see anything or they missed a punch or something like that. And your kid's eyes are crossed or something like that. You don't want them taking another punch. You don't want him getting hurt, okay? So you have to jump in and throw in the towel. In the world of mixed martial arts, the USC especially, you're a coward. You're a coward if you throw in the towel. Have you ever seen a towel thrown in in the UFC? No, I don't think you have. I haven't. I can't remember it. Of course, in boxing, it happens rarely, rarely, but it does happen, and it should happen. If a guy's getting lit up like the White House Christmas tree, in other words, if he's a victim of domestic violence, he's getting stomped on, you got to stop the fight. you got to stop the fight. They didn't stop the fight with Brian Ortega. And of course, now tonight, Ortega... A two-to-one underdog against the Korean Zombie. The Korean Zombie, a bit of a powerful dude. Of course, you know, he, he brings power to the dance. He's a striker. He knocks people out, and that's really cool. Brian Ortega's got a lot of skills of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He works on the ground well. He's a stand-up fighter as well. But at the end of the day, I'm still thinking that Ortega is damaged goods. And that's why the oddsmakers have him a two-to-one underdog. They think the same thing. They look at Brian Ortega. Just look at it. You think I'm kidding? Look at a picture of Brian Ortega two and a half years ago, and look at a picture of Brian Ortega today. Two different guys, like a, like a metamorphosis of sorts. I mean, from a caterpillar to a butterfly. The metamorphosis was brought on by the residual effects of that beating by Max Holloway. You cannot beat on a guy like he's a bongo drum. You can't do it. He's a human being. They didn't step in to stop that fight. And I'll keep saying it. They ruined this kid's life, life and career, and they did it on purpose. I'm telling you, they did it on purpose because Dana White could have stopped that fight. He could have went in between rounds and told the corner, stop the fight. He could have went to the doctor and said, stop the fight. He didn't want to stop the fight. He wants people to die in the ring almost essentially. I don't mean die like dead die, but in other words, they get the snot beat out of them to the extent where they can never be a great fighter. See, the great, great fighters are the only ones that make any money in the UFC. Guys like, of course, uh, John Jones gets five million bucks a fight. Okay? The rest of the guys are getting 40 grand. I mean, think about this. What's his, um, Jorge Masvidal sold out Madison Square Garden. 18,000 people sold it out. $8 million gate. That was just on the live gate, right? 
Live gate, $8 million gate, and then, of course, he does the pay-per-view, and I think they did like 175,000 homes, and they made some money there. So all in all, we'll say they made $20 bucks. All right, guess how much do you think the main event guy got for winning? $500,000. Talk about pimps and hoes. Man, if a, girl in world, if a girl worked the streets in the old days when I was a cop and the pimp was giving her 8 to 12 cents on the dollar, she'd walk from them. That's just the way it is. But guys can't walk from the UFC because they're the big game in town. And, of course, that's the way they keep it. The UFC is bigger than the fighter. The only fighter who's been able to prevail as far as the UFC is concerned has been John Jones, and that's only to, a, uh, to an extent because of the fact he's so good. Anyway, the Korean zombie, Brian Ortega, doesn't look good for Brian, but I wish him the very best. A women's flyweight bout, 125 pounds, going to take place a uh, women's flyweight bout between Catlin Tukian, taking on Jessica Andrade. Andrade can fight. She's a girl that's strong. She throws people on the ground. She's a monstrous. She like picks people up and just throws them down. What? Not the kind of chick you want to be married to. Okay? No, 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 no. Anyway, or even have piss her off. Piss Jessica Andrade off. Guess what? You may end up on your ass. I don't care how big you are. Anyway, some of the other fights on the card. Jimmy Crute's on the card. Modesto Bucanas. Uh, those guys are going to go at light heavyweight, a welterweight card. Uh, about Claudio Silva taking on James Krause. Outside of that, the rest of the card sort of looks ho-hum. This is on ESPN Plus, of course, tonight. At the same time, essentially, as... You know, I'm talking about Teofimo Lopez and Vasilio Machego. So they're going to have dueling things on ESPN and ESPN Plus, which is sort of cool, but not sort of cool. If you got ESPN as Plus, if you got your computer as Plus, it's great because you get the two you get the two uh, web browsers going at the same time. Those you got like the MMA on one screen, and, and of course you got boxing on the other. But it takes away from your attention span. You can't really devote all your attention to one broadcast if you're one jumping back and forth. Much like the presidential debate or that the town hall the other night with the president and Joe Biden in different places. I mean. On the same, on this, at the same time, on different channels, that was tough on the political uh, uh, appetite. If you were hungry for politics at night, you had to jump back and forth or DVR one or something like that. And if you're hard up to watch MMA or boxing tonight, you've got to do this as far as ESPN is concerned. So the Korean Zombie Brian Ortega, I wish Brian the best of luck, but it looks like Brian Ortega's career is over. Next up. Khabib, of course, October twenty fourth, coming to you from Dubai as well. Yee, what can I say about this guy other than? He's a monster. When he was 13 years old, he was beating up lions and, and bears and that guy. He was wrestling bears on YouTube. Look it up. I'm not kidding you. Look it up. He's beating up bears on YouTube. Anyway, Khabib. We just call him Khabib. The last name, we'll just leave it alone. Khabib, of course, the world lightweight champion. 155-pound title holder. going to take put on his title uh, on the line against the interim champion, Justin Gaeth. Of course, is going to go down at 155 pounds. Both guys made the weight yesterday, which is bad news for Justin Gaeth. Why? Because Justin will weigh in at 155, will probably step into the cage about 165, and guess what? Khabib will walk in about 190. I mean, no, maybe not 190, but 180. I mean, listen, when you when you face a weight disadvantage, especially in MMA, it's like this: imagine somebody laying on top of you and they're 20 pounds heavier than you. Then wait, who's going to get tired? You're pushing off this big guy. Guess what? Size matters in two things. I've told you that, and I've said that many, many times. Size matters in two things. They are pornography. In combat sports, okay, and in combat sports, the bigger guy is going to be Khabib. No, not, no, at the weigh-in, he's going to be bigger. At the fight, he's going to be bigger. How Justin Gaethje is going to offset the strength of Khabib? Because I watched Khabib last night. Watched some of his tapes. How he took Conor McGregor apart, put him on the ground, wrapped his legs up, and just beat the snot out of him on the ground. I just can't see it going any different with Justin Gaethje. In fact, that's what Khabib does. He gets people on the ground and he beats them up. We'll hear from Khabib next week here on Ring Talk Live Worldwide, the Saturday show. Robert Whitaker. Former middleweight title holders to take on Jaden, Jared Canada. If Canada wins, he's going to get a title shot, I'm told, with Israel Adesana. Alexander Volkov is on the card taking on my favorite name, 
Walt Harris. Walt Harris was a legendary TV announcer here in the Bay Area. Of course, he did Channel 2 Roller Derby for like 25 years, and he did professional wrestling locally. But Walt Harris, he was on this show. He was like 95 years old. I had him on this show a couple years ago before he died. Anyway, this guy's Walt Harris. He's black. The other guy was white, and he's not 95 years old. Anyway, Alexander Volker is going to be across the cage from Walt Harris in a heavyweight bout. Who do I like in that fight? I don't know. It's a toss-up. Flip a coin on that one. Outside of the rest of the card, Stefan Strube's on the card taking on a Samoan by the name of Ty Tuvesa. I'm um, looking at the rest of the card. Outside of that, not a whole lot there, man. Like I tell you, the USC is not, as far as quality is concerned, maybe they're hurting. They are hurting. As far as quantity is concerned, they're not hurting as far as quantity is concerned because they're able to come back with fight cards almost every week, sometimes twice a week. I mean, look at the USC schedule. The 18th of November, October, 24th of October, Halloween night. They're going with Uriah Hall in the main event November 7th, the following week, November 14th, November 21st, the 28th. I'm telling you, they're going with cars every week on ESPN or ESPN Plus and or pay-per-view. The bottom line is the USC is moving in the right direction as far as getting their fighters' fights are concerned. Of course, they never pay their fighters. That's a story for another day, and I keep saying I keep going back there. you got to pay the talent. You got to pay the talent. I mean, if you got girls working for you, as I said it before, you got girls working for you, you can't pay them eight cents on a dollar. Why can you pay fighters eight cents on a dollar? The bottom line is you can, and it's just not fair. Now, we switch gears from boxing to mix, to, uh, from mixed martial arts. We go back to boxing because somebody shot me something over here on the Twitch TV page. Of course, Sports Byline USA is the live channel. We do Twitch.tv, uh, a live audio, video and audio broadcast. And he sent me something about Michael Dokes. Let me tell you about Michael Dokes. Hell of an amateur, no doubt about that. If he was the best amateur in the world at one point in time, I thought. Didn't win an Olympic gold medal, but he was a fantastic amateur. Of course, turned professional, had that fight, was signed up with Don King, had that fight with... Um Mike Weaver for the WBA heavyweight title. Of course, the referee was Joey Curtis. Joey Curtis stopped the fight like about 15 or 20 seconds in the fight. Why did he stop it? He just stopped it. I mean, it was a stone-cold fix. If ever there was a fix, that was it. That was it. Joey Curtis never worked again. He never worked. He stiffed me for some money, too. That's a story for another day. But the bottom line is Joey Curtis never worked again as a, re as a referee or a judge because they realized that was fixed. Afterwards, he was seen taking pictures with Michael Dokes. Anyway, so we fast-forward a couple of years. I think it was about 1989, 1990. We're in doing TV at the L.A. Forum, and I've got a girl with me, and she's, you know, attractive lady, no doubt about that. So anyway, she's in, we're staying at the hotel across here from the L.A. Forum because, as I said, we're doing television at the Forum. And we're in this hotel. I can't remember what the whole name of the hotel is. Anyway, it's right across the street from the forum. And I was downstairs at a production meeting, and she was going to go have some breakfast. And guess who was in the elevator with her? Michael Dokes. Michael Dokes. And he made a move on her. And this guy's like a 6'3", maybe 250 sloppy pounds, not in fighting shape like he used to be. But he made a move on her, and he moved across the elevator, and he was standing like, you know, an inch from her face. And he was like, you're almost ready to kiss her and this kind of stuff. And thank God the elevator opened, because if it didn't, he was going to make a move on her. Of course, this is a guy that was that went to jail for rape. He went to jail for rape. I mean, he was a piece of work. When we, he and I used to work out around each other at Johnny Taco's gym in Las Vegas, and we work out down there, I would look at this guy saying to myself, he's all flashed. Michael Dokes is all, that's all he was. He was a smallish heavyweight body-wise, body frame-wise, and, of course, they had to get him the title via a fix. And, of course, I think he lost that title to Jerry Cosia. But at the end of the day, what a piece of work. And Joey Curtis, he had that construction company there in Vegas. I signed him up as a sponsor, not knowing that he was in a stiff me, and he stimpy for, like, mm, 2500 bucks. Joey, I hope you don't rest in peace. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. That is just a fact of life. Well, you have to talk to my lawyer on that one. The dudes have envied him for so long. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it. You're inside looking the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, tonight, the big fight. Lopez and Bill Solomonchek. And Ron Wong, one of my original listeners, of course, out of South City. Man, Ron Wong and I go back to the 80s. Check us out. The show's been on the air 37 years. Ron's been with me most of those 37 years. I kid you not. So Ron Wong wants to know who wins the fight. I think that Bill Solomonchenko wins the fight, but I made a $5 bet with Hector Martinez, and I took Lopez, so I'm going to have to go with Lopez. I will not uh, go the other side and go the other way. I think I might be wrong, but the bottom line is the end of the night, it should be a good fight. The UFC, oh, Lord, Brian Ortega. As I said, I love them, both as a personality, as a human being, and as a fighter, but that one beating he took at the hands of Max Holloway is one of those beatings that you can't come back from. If he does, I'll be pleasantly surprised, but I think he's going to get lit up by the Korean zombie. Now, you can watch that fight on ESPN tonight, ESPN Plus, both cars on ESPN, ESPN Plus, you have to have the app. So you can watch it on your phone, you can watch it on your computer, watch it on your TV, anywhere you want to watch it. The app is like $9.99 a month, so ESPN Plus is the way to go. I think it's the best app going. Of course, they, I've also got zone, but they've been burning me and charging me 20 bucks a month for nothing. At the end of the day, is ESPN Plus is probably the best app going. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live worldwide, often imitated but never duplicated tomorrow, the Sunday edition, 11 a.m. Pacific. I'm here from the Godfather Larry Merchant, retired HBO Godfather Larry Merchant will be in the house. I'm trying to get Don King on the line. You heard a couple quips from Don King during the show. He's not picking up the phone of late. I want to know what he thinks about his ex-nemesis, Harold Smith, passing away. Lots of things to talk about on the Sunday edition of Ring Talk Live Worldwide, Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific time, right here on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 211, and a plethora of other internet platforms. Ring Talk Live Worldwide is a production of Sports Byline, the executive producer, the one, the only, the comparable, Scott Cuddy. This is Ring Talk. <laughs> 